Welcome to the Trust and Believe Nomad Cast, a podcast that covers a wide range of topics. So come chill with us on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Here's your host, Mr. Anderson. Everybody to episode 78 of the Trust and Believe Nomad Cast here on the 25th of February. 2022 thank you guys for tuning in all my new subscribers the new followers the commenters thank you for everything thank you for your support tell a family tell a friend about the trust and believe nomad cast and we'll have some fun so again appreciate it appreciate it hope you guys had a great thursday more importantly i hope you have a great friday and we'll close it out at the end with some uh motivational stuff all right so today i want to talk about here on uh friday is a segment for all the new folks, uh, we call it finally it's Friday. It's Friday, Friday, finally, you know, back in when I was active duty Fridays was that day. It's almost like that first day of a mini vacation. You know, some units I've been to, we looked at Friday as, uh, as a way, okay, let's, our, let's do some stuff in the morning. We'll have formation in the afternoon. And then, you know, we pop and smoke. Then, Conversely, I've been to some places where they want to do all the daggone meetings on freaking Fridays and you're getting home late on the Friday night or you in the field, you on the exercise on the mission. So again, so Friday, enjoy the Fridays. All right. So today, so today we're going to talk about something that uh, I think a lot of us old timers and I think I fall into that uh, role as well, fall into that category talking about traditionalists. And that's the title. That's the theme of the segment today. Why traditionalists don't like non-traditionalists. And we'll break them down into categories. But I kind of want to just talk about it for a little bit. The traditional way of thinking, the old school way of thinking versus the new school way of thinking. And a lot of the old timers don't like that. Think about, you know, growing up, you know, especially my dad. He was one of them folks when he came home from work. I want steak. I want potatoes, a glass of milk, glass of water, salad. This is what dinner should look like. Then the new age thinkers are saying, okay, dinner is great, but I don't want freaking steak. I don't want daggone uh, potatoes and salad. I want a fusion pizza. I want freaking enchiladas. I want something that's different from the foods that we grew up in, grew up with. And so the old timers are saying, no, that's not, that's it's supposed to be roast beef, it's supposed to be meatloaf. That's a traditional way of thinking. Versus the non-traditional way of just making something on the whim, having a, a fusion style dinner. So, again, I fall into that trap as well, that old school traditional mindset. And I think having a traditional mindset is great when we're talking about traditional values, core values, treat people like you want to be treated, respect. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Hey, friend, I'll help you. Do you need any help? Oh, I got you. Um I think a lot of new, the newer generation don't really fall into that category. Some of the new folks have an old soul. But I think when we're talking about being a traditionalist, the, the traditionalists have to embrace the non-traditionalists. Because if you think about it, the non-traditionalists was really you know generating uh, new ideas and thinking outside the box. And it's an old saying, it's an old saying what they talked about. Sometimes you got to get out the box to be able to read the instructions on life, right? So we'll talk about that. So with this particular subject, again, it's titled Why Traditionalists Don't Like Non-Traditionalists. And so I broke them down into categories. The first category is finance, travel, lodging, and education. And with those four categories, 
I broke them down into subcategories and then subcomponents of those categories. You probably like, hey, I can come here for all that, man. Just talk, but just hear me out. We'll have some fun with it. So again, in the finance category, uh, we're going to talk about why, again, why traditionalists don't like non-traditionalists. And we'll start with the very first one. So this will be number one. Banks don't like Bitcoin. And with these titles, I have two sub um, components of those titles up under. So the first one, again, is banks don't like Bitcoin. And I provide two reasons. Very first reason why banks don't like Bitcoin. It undermines the cycle of trust, reliability, truth, ability, uh, vision, strength, and assurance. Now, think about it. Back in the day, I'll speak for myself. My first job was working at a White Castle in Detroit. Very first time I received that first paycheck, right? Because there wasn't no direct deposit back then. I received the paycheck. First thing I did, ran to the bank that was across the street, opened up a bank account. You establish rapport with the bank teller. You establish a relationship with the bank teller because we got paid every Friday. So every Friday, like clockwork, they knew I was coming to deposit that little check that I was getting back in the 90s, right? But you establish trust. You establish the ability to be able to create a conversation, hold the conversation. Some of those things that we learned as a kid and the banks feel that Bitcoin kind of undermines that. Right. Because you don't really have that with Bitcoin. Now, like myself, I'm kind of new to the whole Bitcoin thing, kind of messing around with the crypto. So I kind of want to see the sustainability of it. Uh, It's kind of fun seeing how the market, you know, you're watching everything. So it's a different type of type of economy, if you will. And that's why the traditional banks don't like it. Second reason is coins network is set up to decentralize from traditional management and distribution of currency. So you think about that. You have your bank account set up, right? You have your checking, your savings or investments. I have your money is set up. The bank actually is the storehouse is the storekeeper for all your funds, you and your family's funds. So they're the ones that's keeping everything. And they're also kind of managing it in a sense because you put it in the money market accounts, CDs or what have you. And they're in charge of the distribution. So the banks don't like that because with Bitcoin, there's no manager managing your money. You are the one that's managing your money. Again, I'm new to this Bitcoin world, but I know there's a battle right now between centralized banks, traditional brick and mortar banks versus the Bitcoins and the cryptocurrencies of the world. So some of those are some of the main reasons why banks just don't like Bitcoin. You look at a bank, traditional Bitcoin, non-traditional, old school way of thinking, new way of thinking. So maybe the banks are saying, hey, this Bitcoin, this this crypto, we're being marginalized. You still would need to utilize banks. You know, I'm no finance guy, but I would think you would still need to utilize banks for sustainability of your residence. You got your mortgage payments. You got your car payments. You may have your college uh, account set up for your kids. So I think some of those things, Bitcoin hasn't reached yet. They haven't, you know, stretched the arm to to grab yet. Um, but I think you still need banks, but the banks are on the clock. I can imagine how this thing is going to be five, 10 years from now. So that'd definitely be interesting to see. Number two, this falls in the line, the subject of travel. Taxis don't like Uber. I provide two reasons. First reason why taxis don't like Uber. They compete for the same customers. So just think about it. If you in a traditional big city, the New York's, the London's, the Frankfurt's of the world, 
If you see this old school, bright yellow, bright orange, yellow cab or this green cab, checker cab or whatever the traditional cab companies are. Now, all of a sudden you see a Toyota Prius or in some cases a Mercedes Benz or whatever type of car that that particular Uber driver has. Which one are you going to enter in? Are you going to enter the cab, the musty, the smelly cab? The driver is like crazy rude. Or you go to Justin, who you already went on the app, got him a five-star rating. Everyone loves Justin. Justin pulls up in a clean Toyota Prius. It smells great. He has great conversation. He's a personable person. Now, which one are you going to go into? So the taxi cabs are the traditional way of thinking. The Ubers of the world are the non-traditionals. So now when you're looking at that point of it, in that phase of it, the traditionalists need to kind of step their games up. Why? Do, what is the reason why the Ubers are, you know, taking all of our customers? What is it about Uber that we don't offer? Well, Ubers, you know, they have comfort. The vehicles are well maintained because it's the actual person's car, right? They have five-star ratings. They have provide great conversation. I'm not saying all of them are great people. Don't get me wrong. Ain't nobody a dag. Everyone ain't a dag on angel. But I will willing to bet if you take five yellow cabs or checker cabs and five Ubers, I'd be willing to bet maintenance-wise, the Ubers are better. Cleanliness of the vehicle, the Ubers are better. Uh, customer service, the Ubers are probably better. Back in the day, all we had was the taxi cab. So you get in the car. The cat wouldn't halfway speak to you. You ask where, you know, you tell him, hey, I want to go to the airport. I want to go here. I want to go downtown. He's got an attitude. He's speeding. You know what I mean? So it's some of the things we got to look at um, as far as tradition versus non-traditional. And those are the reasons why. The second reason that taxis don't like Ubers is more Uber drivers means less work for the regular cabbies. Again, if you have five Ubers sitting outside of a building, downtown in hometown USA and five daggone cabs, traditional cabs, the five Uber drivers will have their, have a person, a customer into that vehicle. And those five uh, Uber drivers are already gone while those five traditional cabs are just sitting there waiting for someone to enter that vehicle. So that's something to think about when terms of travel. Number three, hotels don't like Airbnb. Let's provide two reasons. Let's dig into it. Since 2014, Airbnbs have reduced hotel profits by 3.7%. Think about that. Have reduced traditional hotel profits by 3.7%. Now, you may ask yourself, in the hotel world, 3.7% is is not a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, it is. Think about you, right? Think about your household, your gross income for your house, whether you're married, single, whatever. And all of a sudden, 3.7 is slashed from that. It can have, depending on your lifestyle, it can have a tremendous effect on your finances, your life support, your livelihood, your quality of life. Think about the hotel business. Just because a hotel is making millions of dollars, if they are short two million, short thousands, it causes red flags. It causes those type of meetings where you don't want to be a part of. And a, a second thing about it, The Airbnbs have increased room availability, resulting in reduced prices for consumers. So customers are always right. If a customer can go to an Airbnb, look at Airbnb online, look at the ratings, look at the comments, right? You you go to an Airbnb, 
You mean I can get the same luxuries and amenities that I can get in a traditional hotel in a traditional Marriott, but I'm paying, you know, a third of the price, half of the price. I'm not dealing with hotel antics. I'll take an Airbnb, right? It seems like the, the travel piece of it, the lodging piece is more fluid versus a hotel. Now the hotels are not going to go away because now you're starting to see the Marriott's of the world. Some of those big brands in terms of lodging, they're starting to have fusion hotels because they've seen it. They looked at the data. They see what everybody is, is talking about. They're watching everything. They're watching the results. And they're saying, why are people, why are our traditional customers going to these Airbnbs? What do they have that we don't? They send their guys out. They bring back the data. So now they can make informed decisions, responsible decisions. Let's start having fusions. Yeah, we can have a regular Marriott, but let's have a fusion Marriott with some of the amenities that these Airbnbs are having. So again, traditional versus non-traditional, traditional Marriott, you know, big, you know, historical brand when it comes to hotels versus an Airbnb and the Airbnbs in some aspects is winning traditional versus non-traditional. Last one, y'all colleges. This falls under education. Colleges don't like entrepreneurs. Here's a couple reasons. Entrepreneurs cite independence as a contributing factor because they don't want to follow societal norms. When you grew when you were growing up as a young man, as a young lady, go to school, get an education, get your degree, go get a job. But you never heard find a trade, try to own a uh, a welding shop, try to own, you know, a mattress making shop. You never heard. I never heard that we have vocational school in Detroit, but every, a lot of people didn't go to Voltec and, you know, Voltec, you learn your welding, your plumbing, those, you know, day-to-day type of jobs, your day-to-day type of careers. We were taught, Hey, go to school, go to Michigan, go to Michigan state, get a degree in marketing and go work for a marketing firm. It's like, come on now. That's the traditional way. The non-traditional way is like, Hey, if I have $10,000 in my bank account, why am I going to try to go to the university of Michigan and try to struggle eating ramen noodles and peanut butter sandwiches and tuna sandwiches all these years when I can take that $10,000. Hey, I want to be a light bulb maker maker. So now I'm I investing all my money, all my resources, right. into making the best light bulbs possible. It may be a struggle just like the struggle in college if I was going, but now three, four years from now, I have one of the most profitable light bulb companies in the world. That's that is the non-traditional way of thinking. The traditional way, go to school, go struggle, figure life out. Life, you know, college will challenge you versus going out into the real world, getting challenged, getting smacked in the face in life. But sometimes and studies have shown some people come out better. Now, me and myself, I have two degrees and my wife has two degrees and our daughter is getting ready to uh, earn her degree. So I would say the colleges are great. For the military side, we I had to go to college because there's no way, you, there's no upward mobility if you don't have civilian education. So you need a degree. And it's great to have two degrees to say, hey, I have two degrees. But the tradition, the, the entrepreneur is like, man, bump them degrees. And I explain this in the second reason. So the second reason why colleges don't like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs also state colleges are designed for people who desire a nine to five. Think about that. 
the market in in the words of entrepreneurs the market doesn't care about grades certifications or degrees the market only cares about a product colleges don't really teach you entrepreneurship some classes do but a lot of classes you know in school they don't really teach you life skills how to do taxes balancing a checkbook so on and so forth like my degree my bachelor's degree is in daggone business management and all I did for my degree is, you know, labor relations and, you know, all these other things. So it all depends. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know, we go from the traditional way of thinking and the way we grew up, especially if we grew up in, in households that had blue collar parents like mine worked in the auto plant for, you know, 30, 40 years. That was the way of thinking, you know, I talked about in the beginning, the meat and potatoes, sit down, meat and potatoes, drink a glass of milk. And as, as you get older. You're like, no, I don't want to have meat and potatoes. I want salad. I want to eat a zucchini sandwich. I want to do different things. So I think the traditional, the traditionalists of the world, they're great. But we also need the non-traditional way of thinking because the non-traditional way challenges the traditional way of thinking. And I'm telling you, I'm one of those guys. I'm a get off my lawn type guy. I'm a stuck in my old ways type guy because I think some of the old school is better. But I would be a fool to not embrace some of these non-traditional things. I'm a big sneaker guy. I love gym shoes. And I love gym shoes from the 1980s and 90s. But if you if you really break this thing down, and I've, and I've talked about it in previous gym shoe stories on a Thursday, right? Plugging my old shows here. If you look at the material, tradition, tradi- traditional basketball shoes, traditional running shoes, the sole is hard. The leather is, is not forgiven. It hurts your feet, but you still wore it. Now you can get that same shoe. The materials are better. The advancements in technology. Even look at some of the people in corporate America now. Look at uh, men, for example. We don't wear the hard, old-school, wingtip dress shoes no more. Now you can still wear a wingtip dress shoe. It's still with, now it has soft leather. The bottoms are soft. They're more forgiving. They're understanding that, hey, you're on your feet all day. Let's make a sole that's reliable, that's functional, that's cushioned for your feet. So you're not getting home after a 10, 11 hour day and and your dogs are barking, so to speak. So I think we have to continue to challenge the traditional way of thinking with non-traditional. Right. But also you still have to rely on the old school. It's just a way of changing our mindset Again, getting outside of the box, thinking outside the box and reading the instructions. We can even talk about food, for example, like air fryers. The old school way is, hey, you got the chicken, fry the chicken, fry it in the skillet, fry it in the deep fryer. Get that catfish, fry that uh, catfish in the skillet and deep fryer. Non-traditionalists are saying, hey, frying is great, but I could put these same drumsticks inside of an air fryer and they come out just as crispy. And I don't have I don't have the guilt of grease. I don't have the guilt of excess fat. Same thing with catfish. I could put the catfish in a dag on air fryer and I don't have the guilt of grease. I don't have the guilt of excess fat. So, again, just to kind of close this up and put a bow on it, we have to embrace the non-traditional way. We have to all aspects, aspects of society, even touched on some here in the financial world. The traditionalists have to embrace the non-traditional the travel, the lodging, the education, so on and so forth, in all aspects. Even like in the military, I'm reti- retired now, and I've noticed now they're starting to change some things because why? 
the non-traditionalists are challenging the traditionalists. One thing I, I couldn't stand when I was active duty, you know, we rotate, we PCS to other duty stations. And sometimes you, you move to other units within that battalion or that brigade. As soon as you go to a new place, right, you, you, you meet and greet whoever you're taking over for. And you, you, you have discussions about the, the SOPs, the standard operating procedures, TTPs, lessons learned, so on and so forth. And then when you try to implement change, the first thing for somebody to say, well, we can't change that. Well, we can't change it because this is the way we've always done it. Yeah, well, I'm looking at all y'all data right now. And that's why y'all failing all these daggone IG inspections. And that's why, the, you know, you're not meeting the commander's intent. You're not meeting the sergeant major's initiatives. So that's why you guys are failing. So we can't say, well, this is how we always did it, because the way you always did it was wrong. That's why someone here that is new with a fresh ideas, fresh mind, fresh, you know, everything is here to kind of make this thing to kind of right this ship, if you will. That's one of the things I couldn't stand. Well, if you always did it this way, well, the way you always did it was wrong. So now you can kind of put that in the same basket with traditionalists, traditionalists and non-traditionalists. Hope everybody got something out of that today. I love for all the new folks here, all the new followers. I love these kind of uh, shows dealing with, you know, the the system of force because I love to do four topics on something. And they kind of just, you know, have some creative thinking, critical thinking, because it affects us all no matter what. So, again, appreciate you guys tuning in today on episode 78 of the Trust and Believe Nomad cast. Definitely glad here to serve you. So I definitely appreciate that. As we uh, segue into the weekend, hope everyone have a great Friday, have a great weekend, continue to be safe and sound, take care of yourselves, take care of your family members, watch your six, watch it from your head to your toe, your left and right, take care, do the right things, be safe and be sound. Stay tuned, stay locked. I'll see you guys Monday for Monday Mental Combat, and we'll talk about some some things uh, on Monday. Again, appreciate everything you guys are doing, continue to be safe and be sound. All the best, all praises due. Let's say it all together. Trust and believe. Appreciate it, y'all. See you guys Monday.